From the radio dial to the cloud and everywhere in between, this is Jeff on the Hunt with Jeff Hunt. It is Tuesday, December 22nd. It is Christmas week and welcome to the fourth episode of Jeff on the Hunt. It's hard to believe we've been doing this for a month already, but here we are. And I really do mean it. I'm very sincere when I say thank you for all your support so far. It really gives me the motivation to keep pushing forward and wanting to bring you exclusive content like we're doing again this week. We talked to Kenzie McCarter last week, and this week we go to Nashville to talk to my very, very good friend, Kendall Phillips. Kendall and I talked via Zoom last night, and I don't want to waste any time. It is a very long interview because Kendall and I tend to lose track of time when we talk. So let's go right to Nashville. Kendall, how are you? I am great. I'm great now that I'm talking to you. <laughs> yeah, we have known each other a very, very long time. It's got to be like, what, a decade at this point, at least? I, I feel like it has been. Let's see. I met you in 2013 or 2014. I can't remember when, but I just remember when, like, I was so nervous when I walked in because you were at Froggy, right? I was in State College, yep. Yeah, you were in State College. And I was, I was so nervous because that was my first time doing a uh, – radio tour like on my own and I walked in and I was so nervous and you were so great and I was like okay I like this guy we vibe we vibe we're about to be friends because we just like sat and spent like an hour and a half talking about Keith Urban I was gonna say mainly about Keith Urban we bonded over our mutual love for Keith Urban I think yes yes and you know that's okay only one of us has a restraining order good job for you not having that but you know it's okay (laughs) well we'll get into that later on when we talk about your time on American Idol (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) But for anyone who doesn't know, Kendall has been around for quite a few years now in country music. And if she if she seems familiar, if that name sounds familiar, it's because, like I said, she has been a two time finalist on American Idol. And it still blows me away that your first time getting your golden ticket to Hollywood, you actually had the original judges send you through. Yeah, I was the youngest on the season that year. Um, I had Simon, Paula and Randy. And it was very exciting, which, you know, it's funny because you say, you know, people here are like, oh, you're a two-time finalist on American Idol. What I hear in my head is two-time loser on American (laughs) Idol. (laughs) But um, yeah, I had Simon, Paula, and Randy, and they were the coolest. But the funny thing is Simon was the one that took the longest in the dressing room to get ready. Like, I'm really not shocked about that whatsoever. Yeah. So like, because you would assume it would be Paula. Like Randy obviously was just like there waiting Paula came in and she like was in her, in the bathroom, touching up her own makeup. She was super sweet. And then they were just waiting there and waiting. I'm like, I don't know. What do they do? Do they hairspray Simon's chest hair? I don't, I don't know. And I I don't mean that to be rude. He was wonderfully kind to me. So I can't like dog on Simon at all. And I think most people realize by now that what you see on TV is not the reality of the situation, for lack of a better term, that there's actually rounds before you can make it in to see the judges, right? Oh, gosh, yeah. I think there were, like, seven. Like, oh, I, wow. We, and I did the cattle calls. So, funny enough, I did the cattle call thing twice before I got on the first season. I went to, out to San Francisco, did the cattle call out there, didn't make it through. They don't even let you sing, like, 20 seconds of a song. They were just like, no, no go home. I was like, what happened? Um, so we went to Chicago and we were there from like three 30 in the morning, waiting in line, got through, you go through this, like, you know, panel where you get 10 seconds to sing. If that, 
then you make it through another round and then another round. And, and then, you know, four rounds later, you maybe see an executive producer. And then the executive producer says you can go on to the next round and um, you, you know, you then kind of make it through and then another two producers and then you go see the judges. Um, but I was very blessed and thank God for having done American Idol the first time around um, because they invited me back the second time. So I was invited back and I didn't, I had, didn't have to do the whole cattle call, as they say, round. I just did the um, executive producers and then the judges. So it was a very quick second. It's like, we know you're round. good. Just go through. Just go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but it was still nerve wracking. I mean, you're still nervous when you go in there. And for me, I had a lot at stake. I was about to meet Keith Urban, the love of my life. <laughs> uh, well, and the funny thing is, like the second time, you didn't even tell anybody you auditioned at all. Because no. I remember oh, I was I actually, remember. I was oh, at my apartment yes. watching it. And they only showed you rushing to go hug Keith Urban. They didn't show your performance. It was just you being crazy going after Keith Urban. Yeah, that was unfortunate. That was really unfortunate because I didn't, I didn't tell anybody because that one, you weren't allowed to up to that point. And two, like, so I went through the audition. They invited me out. I was like, I didn't expect anything. I only did it. So a mutual friend of ours, Sarah, I auditioned for like, they did a screening call in her living room. So I was at her place in her living room and I did the video call and they were like, we'd love you. We're flying you out to Colorado to do this live audition. And I, the only reason I did it was because she goes, you could meet Keith Urban. And I didn't <laughs> want to do it. They had emailed me for about a month and a half. And I was like, no, I don't want to do American Idol. I don't want to do reality TV. Like I've been through, I've done X Factor. I've done, I've tried The Voice. I've tried American Idol. I did the country showdown. I was over reality TV and so Keith Urban was the only reason I auditioned. And so I made it through and Harry Connick Jr. was like, you sang the very best version of Girl Crush I've ever heard. And then Keith was so, so nice. And then Jayla was just completely unimpressed. She was just like, you know, I'm just not convinced you're anything more than a pretty country singer. And my heart just sank. And I was like, JLo, I'm literally wearing your thigh high knee boots right now. I am so in love with you. And this was the biggest blow. But then Keith saw this and he was like, he took a golden ticket and he was like, well, obviously you're going to Hollywood no matter what she says. And he like came around and gave me a hug and I just lost it. Like full on ugly cry. They made a meme about it. There was it a meme was on that? Oh gosh, I'm glad you didn't see that. I never saw that meme. No, it was me ugly crying, and it was just like a. Oh my god, it's Keith Urban. It was embarrassing. So I didn't tell anybody because I figured, well, who knows what's going to happen? And you kind of you're not allowed to tell anybody up to a certain point. So I go out to Hollywood, and I perform out there, and literally within the first like first round JLo was like not having it and so I got cut <laughs> so I was like well there's not really anything I was like surely they're not going to show any of my content no one's going to even know I was on the show and then you're watching American Idol and you go uh excuse me and you sent this screenshot of me on tv and I was like oh snap cats out of the bag <laughs> that was your exact quote I think cats out of the bag on that one mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I wasn't going to tell anybody, but then they made a big thing about the whole Keith Urban thing, which honestly I was, I just, I was like, if you just show him with his arms around me and they did. So I'm okay with that. That's all that matters at that point, right? Yeah, it truly is. It truly, truly is. He's a hero of mine and I may or may not have stalked him. I, I can't, like I say that I didn't, I'm not a crazy person. I just knew he shopped at one particular grocery store. I know the store you're speaking about too in Nashville. Yeah. So it's not like nothing ever happened. I never saw him. Like I just happened to have shopped there a lot. We'll just phrase it that way in hopes. It would be a very happy accident. Yes. Oh, so special. <laughs> well, and the, and the thing is, too, for anyone who hasn't been to Nashville really ever, even like once or twice, I mean, for you living down there, I mean, you see country artists all the time. I mean, it's like going to Hollywood and seeing Tom Cruise walking down the street. Chris Young helped me reach soup off a shelf. You never told me that. <laughs> I mean, he's tall. He, he's, I'm short. he's gigantic. He, yeah. he was, no, he was super kind about it super kind i was just like looking at it going okay because i was <laughs> i make this seafood bisque and they had sh- uh, cream of shrimp on the top shelf and i couldn't reach it and so i just and i just saw this out of my peripheral this very tall giant man coming forward and i was like hey do you mind helping me and it was chris young and he was like no problem grabbed it down that was it walked on down i'm like nice man <laughs> like welcome to nashville at that point yes yes uh it always helps having those tall country singers who are willing to help a lady pull some soup off a counter or not the counter, but the shelf. Wow, the and that's the other thing too. People might not realize a lot of these dudes in country music, they are all gigantic. I mean, Blake Shelton, Trace Atkins, Chris Young, the list goes on and on. Except for Keith. He's still taller than either one of us. I mean, so he's got that going for him. He is. He's well, actually, I don't, I mean, well, he is taller than me because I was wearing my JLo boots and they add like seven inches. So. <laughs> and how do you even but walk yeah. with those is the question well i can't anymore <laughs> so sad uh stupid broken knee well how's that going by the way we will talk about that too because poor kendall i always joke you are very very accident prone and you have been since i've known you i mean i i think that things happen like nothing this is the worst injury i think i've ever had and it's just it's so bad and i can't really go into detail about it because i'm still in like litigation (laughs) um it's really not a laughing matter either so don't please don't think i'm laughing about it oh it's okay i i have to laugh about it because i'm normally crying about it so it's okay but yeah if if you think shattering your kneecap should be on a bucket list just don't do it like it's really not, but that's literally all I can say about the matter right now, unfortunately. Um, uh, yeah, it's just, it's, it's so painful. I still have a sweet pimp cane though. It's blue. Um, I've had some people offer to bedazzle it. So that's exciting. I mean, get your top hat and it'll be set. Right. I think I should be a pimp, like a country music pimp. Technically, isn't that a booking agent, but <laughs> You're not wrong. I mean, you're really, really not wrong. Right? <laughs> I mean, you and I have both been around the industry long enough to know all the ins and outs and who's shady and who's not. And unfortunately, and that's just not even for country music. It's just for the music industry no. in general. There oh, are some yeah. shady characters out there. Everybody's shady to some degree, I feel like. Which is probably why you're better off doing things on your own right now in general. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's just, it's tough. I... 
And I know, I mean, this is like, just because we're friends and we talk about it, but I recently, even in Nashville, like it's been so hard for songwriters, for um, just anyone who's a musician. And you think that like being, I mean, it's hard when you have management and stuff that want female artists because my first manager wanted to sleep with me. And that's how I lost my record deal was because I wouldn't. Um, and imagine now, that having self-respect, what a concept. Shocking, shocking right? Um, but now I even have like, you know, songwriters who are like, yeah, do you want to co-write? And I'm like, yeah, awesome. And then they're like wanting to co-write and then it turns into a, what can you give to me? And I'm like, is my talent and ability not enough? Like, is my co-writing musician skill not enough? Like, what what do you want? And then it turns into always, it's that. And I ended up, um, I got offered one of the highly, highly coveted like songwriter round spots. And I was so excited because I really thought I'd earned it. And um, come to find out this guy who had booked me in was just looking to score, basically. And as soon as I told him no, I lost that round spot. I've never played there again. And you, it's just, I'm like, come on, guys. Like, what is it? I mean, that should not be a requirement to make it in a town to have to solicit yourself like that. So it's frustrating. For sure. Well, this is all, you know, kind of in the post Me Too world too, which is even more shocking. Well, and the thing, (laughs) the way that they phrase it is it's like, oh, I'm a nice guy. Of course I'm a nice guy. Or they'll be like, no, like I really see wifey material in you. And then the moment you say, well, but that's inappropriate because this is a work relationship. Like, I think you're a great songwriter. I admire you for your talent. Like, let's write an awesome banger song. Like, let's do that then you never hear from them again. When you try to reach out and try to play, they want nothing to do with you, but they can. They're the ones that own the own the clubs or they're the ones that control the rounds. They're the ones that, you know, control all of that. And it's, it's just, it's so frustrating when you sit there and you think, okay, I've really showcased myself well, but I've had two co-writes that turned into something uncomfortable and then a writer's round situation with a very big position in a writer's round here in Nashville that I lost because I wasn't willing to compromise myself so to speak well and that's kind of like in Nashville too the songwriting group uh, and the performance group the song suffragettes actually kind of came out of that entire situation Kaylee Shore came out of that Tennille Arts and a few others and they had that song Time's Up which was about the Me Too movement yeah and, and truthfully the only place and I mean this sincerely, the, well, it's one of two places, one of two places that you can play in Nashville where that's not an issue. And that's very, very sad. And that's where you play every single Wednesday, I think, isn't it? Yeah. So either you have song suffragettes um, or where an, another spot that I play, it's called The Row, which is really cool. It's historic. It's where Friends in Low Places was written and sold. Have you heard the story behind that? It was sold on a napkin, wasn't it? Yeah. So they, so the bartender had, cause it's always been an iconic listening room, um, the row in Nashville and they, these songwriters were racking up like a ridiculous, almost $2,000 tab. And the bartender was like, listen, y'all need to close out. You need to pay. Can't keep doing this. And the songwriters were like, listen, you give us 10 minutes. We write a song. If you like the song, we give you the song. 
and you cover our tab. If you don't like the song, then, you know, that's on you. We'll, we'll pay our tab, but like, give us 10 minutes. So they write this song. It's friends in low places. They give it to the bartender. Bartender covers their tab last year alone, $30 million valuation just for last year. The bartender clearly lucked out. So the, the row is a very iconic place and it's actually run by this incredible like family and the guy who books the talent is amazing. Um, unfortunately, he's got stage four cancer. So he's battling that, but there's never been an ounce of sexism. There's never been an ounce of favoritism or anything like that. They run it there. It's a very talent-based uh, writer's round and they, they just want talent there. So I can't say enough good things about them, but it's literally that and the row or sorry that's the row and song suffragettes as far as my personal experience and other female songwriters that i know who haven't had some kind of problem and it's not to say that venues it's not the venue's fault it's just people who run rounds so if you have a songwriter who happens to say listen i want to book this time slot for rounds well then they monopolize who can play during that time and then that songwriter gets to decide who plays so the venue may not have any idea that this is happening, but the songwriter who's in charge of these nightly rounds is the one that's kind of pulling those strings. But you are lucky, and though, to be able to play, period, right now, just based on the way everything's going down. I mean, there's a lot of artists that haven't had a chance to play at all this year, but, you know, you are getting to play at least once a week, kind of really keep your voice sharp. <laughs> If I'm lucky once a week, I will be, I mean, I'll be honest. Usually if I go to play, you're probably playing for like eight people. So it's not like a, oh, I'm playing music. My entire livelihood has changed because I'm no longer playing for um, really people in general. I mean, I used to be traveling and touring and this is going to be the first Super Bowl in five years that I've missed. So I miss it, but I don't know. It is what it is. It's a very COVID year. 2020s hit us all hard. So I can't, there, any commentary I give is going to be matched. So <laughs> everybody's been hit hard. But you did spend more time in the studio this year. If that's kind of like the trade-off, you released not one, but two singles this year, Backyard Getaway, which is the summer jam oh, yeah. as far as I'm concerned. And then it I Got is. a Feeling just came out a few weeks ago. And can we just establish the fact that you're in the music video? I am in the music video. Like when I say and that, when I say that Kendall and I are tight, like I have literally slept on Kendall's couch in Nashville. You did. You did. But you got the bed the last night. I did. We have some stories. We could tell, we, we could did. spill some tea tea if we wanted to. <laughs> That'll be for a later edition that will only tell a very select group of people. Oh, I like that. They'll have to have a passcode to get into our, if we really- It'll be a very private Zoom meeting that will not be recorded. And if anyone hits the record <laughs> button, they are out of our lives. They'll be Feliz Navi dead to us. Oh, that's my new line. You're Feliz Navi dead? Are you serious? That's I saw amazing. that in a meme like a, a week ago and I've been using it ever since. It's fantastic. Uh, I'm stealing that. I'm using it now. You're Feliz Navi dead <laughs> And I'm sure there's a few people. I probably know the people that you would like to use that line on. Oh, you At least a few of those people. <laughs> you know all of them. <laughs> but the video shoot back, it was July or August. I think it was July, right? The video July, shoot. July, July. It was, it was a whole heap of fun. I mean, it was blazing hot in Nashville that day, for one. It was, yes, it was hella hot. 
And it was also fun. We had a kiddie pool, which you helped fill up. Yeah, your dad and I both filled that up. Numerous trips back and forth to the bathroom. Yes. Well, I have a water spigot, but it somehow broke. And so we had to use buckets. And then the vodka shots just like because I had I had assistance. I had help helping to make shots and they didn't know that you're supposed to mix shots. They just brought vodka shots to everybody. (laughs) It was, it was something, it was really something. I just remember by the end of the night, we were all kind of like, Whoa, (laughs) I hope we got content. And what's so funny is when I watch back at that content, you can tell when sober Kendall begins (laughs) and drunk Kendall takes over. And you can tell that with everybody, just like the beginning of the video, you're like, oh, this is pleasant. And then at the end, you're like, how are they standing? (laughs) Well, and my suggestion would be if you go watch the video, watch the scenes where it's just the girls only, because that was the last stuff that was shot where Mm -hmm. it was just you and the other girls. And that's really when the fun began. It really was. I mean, that was some magic. We were all drunk girl magic. Mm. I wish we could go back to that time, truthfully. I mean, my knee was so, I couldn't even walk. I was crying in bed when I finally went to sleep, but that was such a fun night and having you here and having everybody, it was just a really fun night, but we had coolers of alcohol just spread throughout. And I was just, I don't know. I don't know. I, I truly anticipated. I mean, it was at a COVID safe party. We checked everybody's temperature had them sign waivers, like fill out a health form and everything. Like we, we really took it seriously and everybody was outside. We had socially distant coolers and everything and like hand sanitizer everywhere. But I had stocked full coolers enough of alcohol for more than the people that were there. And we got mammered. Well, and at one point, uh, someone actually went down to Broadway to try and find more people to bring in. They did. So we we sent two guys and one girl to Broadway. Sarah, you know, Sarah. Yep. She was their chaperone. They went to Broadway to try and find other girls to like come be in the music video. And then they found some people. It was just a very odd occurrence. Like it started off cool. I mean, the video itself, it turned out the way that I hoped it would be, which so side note, I, my, my songs on on radio in Australia right now, it's doing, I do want to talk about that. First of all, I, yeah, we do have to Um, talk about that. Because it's summer in Australia. So I'm very grateful. I had a radio interview with them on Thursday. I think it was. Yeah. They're Friday, my Thursday. Um, but it's like my promoters and everything, they put it on CMT down there. And I was like, okay, I just did this as like a music video. I thought it would just be for, um, it's a drunk video. Like I tried to explain to them, like, this is not a high class production. This we is built a- it on two iPhones in your backyard. Yes. A drunken two iPhone video. Like don't have high hopes for this, please. But they're like, oh no, mate, we'll put it on. I'm like, Okay oh say a prayer but yeah so you're i mean your lovely mug is on cmt australia kind of cool what I a time to be alive it. yeah they probably just played at like 2 30 3 40 in the morning something some obscure hour which is funny it's like what radio in the states does for my songs but it's for their music video but there they play me on like everything i have a screenshot where they, the, the only artists they added to the rotation were Ariana Grande, Miley Cyrus, and Stevie Nicks, and then Kendall Phillips. And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> That's a pretty impressive company to be in. I, I cried. I wept. I did not know how to handle it. And I looked at it and I was like, wait, 
like, you know, I'm nobody, right? My promoter's like, don't say that. I was like, oops. Well, for people that don't know, and I feel like I'm saying that a lot because there is a lot of inside baseball going on here, kind of like how the industry works. But obviously yeah. here in America, as you know, to get on the radio, it helps to be on some kind of label, whether major label, independent, your odds are better if you're already signed. But right. over in yeah. Australia, the UK, wherever, other countries, it doesn't really matter as much because if they like the song, they're going to find a way to play it one way or another. Yeah, it's... Well, and the thing is, like, you and I have been friends for a long time, but you would have lost your job if you played my single. I mean, these are facts. I mean, you would have lost your job if you had put, you were a music director. And if you put my single on the radio, you would have lost your job. And that's crazy to me. But in Australia, I mean, they embrace that. I, I'm actually making royalties. I don't, I've never even known what that was like. I'm making actual royalties that will help pay my rent <laughs> and it's incredible um but in the states it doesn't matter if it's in small independent station i mean your hands are tied you know it's very difficult for independent songwriters to get or independent singers sorry or musicians anyone to get to get played yeah and there is a burgeoning country scene in australia there always has been i mean the same scene that keith urban came out of and there's a lot of fantastic australian country artists and even in the uk and ireland it may be not as much as Australia, but there still are ways for you to get played. And did you ever think that when you first started this journey all those years ago, that basically your big breakthrough would come from Australia? Oh gosh, never. I mean, and it's not to say that I, I love Australia. Don't get me wrong. I love Australia. Spiders aside, they have koalas, they have wombats, they have possums the size of your thumb. They have beaches everywhere. The Australia is great. Plus the accents. We all love the accents. We all love the Australian accent. Yes, that's true. Um, but it, you know, and it wouldn't have occurred to me because so we released my song to radio and you and I both have a lot of mutual friends in country radio. And my song that I released, it just we believed it could be a summer hit. Hardly anybody played that. Like even my friends in radio, like and you know them like, you know, you know. I know exactly who you're uh, talking about. Yep. I was heartbroken and I was so distraught because I was like we've been friends for all this time. And you always say that you're going to, you know, take a chance on something, but then you, you did when I was signed, but now that it's an independent, you won't, or you can't. And I looked at my Spotify and I was like, no song I've ever released has had like so many listens. And I was looking at the countries of where they were listening and Australia was number one. And I'm like, Australia how are they hearing my song like but people in Australia had added my song to their playlist so that's how and then a um so kicks which is Australia's largest country like as far as demographics and stations their largest radio station for country exclusively had reached out and they were like listen we would play but you got to have someone promoting it and I was like okay so long story short with the promoter in the states it didn't quite work out for Australia um spoke with an Australian promoter and then they were like they reached out to kicks and kicks was like this is perfect we love the song we have loved this song we've had people already requesting this song we will play this and so kicks uh played it wolf played it ABC country played it Cole's radio played it we've got I mean and now I have a list that could literally lap every single state in the United States that's ever played my song in Australia. 
And it's mind blowing to me. On ABC radio is like the state owned country station. It's the Australian broadcasting company station. It is. And like when I, so, which is to me, it's crazy. So ABC country, when my single, I posted just on Instagram, when I got that ad, they Instagrammed me back. That never happens. Like if I even say that I like a single in the States and I tag a radio station and that I'm lucky to get like a double tap, like if that, but they took the time to message me back and said, we love the song. Congratulations. Can't wait. Like this is going to be a success. And I was just shocked. So, I mean, I'm not saying that I'm, I, I feel stupid for having discounted anywhere outside the US, if that makes sense, because the country music is about telling stories. And that's why it's so, you know, profound to so many people. And I'm just blessed that Australia has embraced my song the way that it has. Well, and you posted the Spotify breakdown on your Instagram, I think last week. And I saw a lot of artists doing this where it's like, you know, so many listens, so many hours, so many countries. And you were pretty high up there for being an independent artist. It was really impressive to see. And this is, so what's so funny, um, if I cry, it's the wine, I promise. Um, <laughs> um, last year, because I have, I've been in the industry a long time. I have friends who, this is their fourth, fifth, sixth Grammy nomination they're getting this year. I have friends who have multiple CMA awards, just they're, they're up there. And um, last year, I was so sad and embarrassed by my numbers on Spotify. I didn't even post them um, because it was like, you've had six hours of listening. And I knew they were all my mom and sister. <laughs> like I knew that I knew that uh, this year I cried for a different reason because it was so in disbelief that like people outside my family listened to this because it was the first time in my life that anyone had embraced a song and backyard getaway is what did that. And what's so crazy is people listened and they show you all the, you know, demographics and why people listen. So backyard getaway is what brought people to my music, but backyard getaway is not my most listened song. It was daddy's girl. So people came, they heard backyard getaway, loved that. And then they fell in love with my song, daddy's girl, which is a few years old. Um, but that's then kind of what got people hooked. So I'm just hopeful that it continues and it continues to build. But yeah, it was shocking. Like I didn't expect that at all. I, I truthfully thought like I knew my numbers for backyard getaway were decent. I did not expect it to be into the, you know, tens of thousands that I think it was like 38, 40,000 or something like that, that were listened to. I was like, <laughs> Surely you mistaked your numbers. <laughs> That's not me. Well, now, was Australia the most listened to country or was it still the, the U.S.? Uh, no, it was Australia, I believe. Yeah, Australia was the most listened to. And even when I even when I stream, Australia is still like there's always people listening in Adelaide to New South Wales to West Australia, Western Australia. And I think that's that's the saddest part about COVID right now is that Knowing you and how hard you tour normally, you would probably be having an apartment in Australia by now. You probably would be touring the entire continent. Oh, believe I would be down under getting a shrimp on the Barbie. They would. Oh, my gosh. I can't believe I said that. Like, but seriously, I would be adopting a pet koala at this point. 
Like I would be Bindi Arwen's um, best friend. This would be happening. I will embrace. Yes. Give it to me. And the thing is, so I just in seeing like the radio charts and stuff, there's this girl named Fanny Lumsden. She's incredible. Like I'm, I'm discovering all this incredible Australian country music and it's so cool because now I'm seeing like, Oh, you're awesome. You're awesome. You're awesome. So I'm, I'm discovering new music. Just having had my music played in Australia. I'm sure you've probably heard the McClymonts already. They're fantastic. Sorry. I'm putting up my heart hands. People who are listening can't hear that. <laughs> but no, there are. And even I've noticed too, oh. that looking back a couple years into Australian radio, I mean, even artists that may have peaked in the U S they found continued or renewed success in Australia. I know Kelly Pickler and Joe Nichols are huge in Australia. Well, Ray Lynn. Ray Lynn is I mean, as well, absolutely. Gosh, Ray Lynn's, an, she's an, an, I mean, technically, I mean, she's on Florida Georgia Line. Technically, they're out, they're a label, but she's an independent artist right now. And she had a number one in Australia. And truthfully, so seeing her, um, we have a very close mutual friend. And so seeing that through them, she was the one that kind of convinced me to take a leap in Australia because I'm not working. I can barely pay my rent. I'm broke. We, I mean, I make no excuses. COVID's hit me very, very hard. So has my knee injury. And I was like, I just can't risk the money to try and promote my song in Australia. And that's kind of what, you know, they were like, listen, Ray Lynn, in the States, as a female artist, it's very difficult to get played. She had one or two minor hits, but Australia, I mean, certainly not what she, can. certainly not what she deserves. But again, no, like, you number know, one. No, not what she deserves. Like, and her, her latest song, that was so freaking bomb. I was like, are you kidding me? Her latest album is so fire. I am angry that it's not number one. Keep Up is a jam. Keep Up is a vibe. Right? Keep Up was my vibe. I was like, yes. Oh, um, and Baytown, like the whole Baytown, like I could get into it, but I yeah, just um, like the whole image she kind of cultivated around that album title and that album concept. Yeah, but she's doing really well. I mean, she had a number one in Australia. So I look at, I was like, okay, if I can take a chance. And then I met with this promoter promotion company and they were like, listen, we really, really, really believe in you and your music. And I was like, yeah, but people say that, but then they want, what do you want? Like, what do you want? What's the hook? What's the catch? We know there's something coming here. Something. And so it's called Australian Radio Promotion. And they were literally like, we believe in you so much that we're just going to show you what we can do with your song. But like, use us for your next song, basically. And so they went out and they took the reins. And I was astonished with what they were able to do and what they did just out of like the grace of their soul, essentially, um, to get my music out there. So I... uh, yeah, I'm grateful for every single Australian, not just my kangaroo uh, no-fly list. <laughs> None. He's technically not Australian, we learned, but it's okay. Yeah, that there's a long inside joke that we 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 subtitled Operation Roo. Yes, we did. Uh, it was I think then we shortened it to Opro. Like it was Opro. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. We made it hashtag friendly at that point. Yeah, really Opro. Oh, God bless. I thought about adding that to my stand-up routine at one point, but then COVID happened and I broke my knee, so I can't stand up for anything anyway. <laughs> well, I think it's really funny, though, too, that you're actually kind of working two singles concurrently right now for the first time in your career. I mean, Backyard Getaway, 
is current in Australia. And then I got a feeling is kind of, if you want to call it the current single yeah. for the States. And so, yeah, I, I, Backyard Getaway is current in Australia. It's so weird to me to even have that option because it was normally like, okay, so I can't afford this. And I have two other singles that I'm trying to space the release of. And then I'm also recording in the studio now a completely different set of music that people will just, I hope, embrace. Like these are songs that on YouTube people rally behind and are excited by. Um, but the goal is I'm going to put them all on a record and release a record, hopefully in like, probably by summer of 2020, it'll be compiled into a record and just, you know, distributed that way. But yeah, I've never in my life had two concurrent singles at the same time, but I have Backyard Getaway, which is on radio now. And then I've got, I've got a feeling, which is I just released and I didn't, you know, it was funny. So a radio station in Boston um, messaged me on Instagram and they found it because I had like played it on my single. And so I sent a few stations some like teasers because I obviously I want radio stations to review it and stuff. And he was like, so I'm playing it this weekend. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> I It wasn't even on iTunes yet. And he was playing it on the radio in Boston. So that was pretty cool. <laughs> Definitely a first. Well, I think we're kind of getting to the point though too. And especially for you, which, you know, I'm rooting for you 110% every step of the way. But I think just for any independent artist right now, it's as good a time as any to really kind of throw their hat into the game because we're starting to see a lot of smaller independent artists and a lot of smaller independent labels really kind of starting to pick up steam on radio. I mean, look at Gabby Barrett. Gabby Barrett and even Tennille Arts. Tennille Arts is top Arts 20 is, oh. on, on an independent label. If So Tennille Arts, I love... So, I got turned on to her because two of my friends who I co-write with wrote a lot of her songs. So they wrote with her and wrote a lot of her songs. And so I fell in love with her years ago because of that. And um, my song, like my go-to song when I was in that, in my breakup phase was the, um, I hate this. Do you know that song? Yeah. We play that when I was on WXCY. Yeah. So that was my favorite song. I listened. That's my uh, still to this day on my phone. That's my most listened to song is I hate this because it is just that like done that guitar line. It's just genius. And like her, Oh, I could girl crush on her all day long, but anyway, so she ended up liking one of my posts and like, we kind of like got to back and forth messaging and stuff. And I was like, so starstruck. And I messaged my girlfriends who write with her. And I was like, I'm having a panic attack. And they're like, you need to calm down. I'm like, but she's so big. And they're like, but she's so nice and normal. Don't be weird. I've been around to a couple of times, like for different station events and everything. She's a very, very soft-spoken, just very easy to talk to person. She's just, she's kind. Well, and the funny thing too, as I found out eventually is her boyfriend, Tyler, he's from Elkton, Maryland, which is the next town over from where I am in Habit of Grace. Oh, well, that's kind of cool. So when she did um, our Christmas show last year, and I was still with WXCY, he brought his entire family to meet her for the first time at one of her concerts, which oh, I thought was really, really cool. So we brought people together. Yes, you did. Look at y'all. Oh, oh, that's fun. But I think you're really in good shape right now where stations might be more willing to take a chance on an independent artist. The stations that are willing to are already going to do that, but the stations that 
I mean, a lot of the stations that used to support me, even when I was signed as a, I mean, I was signed, but it was an independent label. Um, they, they're not supporting now. And it's, I think that was probably the most hurtful thing of all, because we see these people at CRS. We, we follow them on Facebook. I, I'm in, I personally am invested in their children's lives, their lives, their happiness and all of this stuff. And it, I mean, I write Christmas cards and just all of a sudden I'm like, my heart was so hurt by that. And I'm like, I thought we were friends. Like I thought if anyone you were going to take a chance on this song was so, I, I mean, I thought the song was fire, but then you as an, is a radio executive were like, yes, this song is fire. You drove down to be in the music video. You wouldn't do that if you thought that the song was, you know, garbage. Um, the fact that they never took a chance to just spit it. I'm like, I don't care. Like, if you don't really believe in it and you want to test it, spin it at 5 a.m. No one listens at 5 a.m. Spin it at 4 a.m. I'm okay with that. But at least you're getting it out there. And they just, they didn't. And it was really, really disheartening. And I kind of lost belief in the song until Australia came and they really rallied behind it. Well, and here's some inspiration for you. And to kind of piggyback on what you just said. We all know the band Guns N' Roses. We're both mm -hmm. fans of Guns N' Roses. You know oh, yeah. how their big break came, don't you? No, I have no idea. The Welcome to the Jungle video, MTV wouldn't play it at all. David Geffen personally called the, the head of MTV, said, listen, you owe me a favor. Just play the song once. Play the video once at like 4 a.m. and see what happens. They played Welcome to the Jungle once at 4 a.m. The requests poured in. Literally, the rest is history. See, maybe I should just call the stations and be like, hey, you know, so-and-so, which we all know the names that I would insert. Be like, Can you just play this once, please? So I, so, you know, of course, going back, I dated a guy who owned radio stations. I didn't know he owned the radio stations at the time I dated, like I met him. I didn't know he was a radio station owner because you and I were walking around CRS because we were the only people that we were familiar with. Exactly. That was our first time there. For both of yeah, us. Yeah, it was our first time at CRS. We were so overwhelmed, so nervous. My radio rep had gotten distracted talking to someone. And literally, it was you, me, and my rep, who that's all we knew. So we I saw those pictures around. on my phone somewhere. Oh, goodness. Please send. I don't have any. I'm like, I look back and I'm like, I was such a baby. My hair was, it was a thing. Um, but then this guy who was a radio station owner, I thought Sarah said she was sending someone over to help. I had no idea he owned like all these radio stations. So I'm handing him my coat. I'm handing him my camera. I'm handing him all this stuff to make him take photos of me with other artists. And he did. <laughs> uh, so we dated, but I was literally like, you know what? Cause I told my friend and I told my family, I'm like, he broke my heart in such a horrible way. He owes me. He owes me at this point. I will call his parents. I will call his parents and make him play. Just play my song once. That's all I ask. And so. And, and then we'll cut ties for good. You will never hear from me ever again. Just do this for Ever again. Ever again. Ever, ever. But I mean, I didn't. I didn't do that because I was like, you know what? <sighs> Whatever. But then Australia picked up and now I'm happy about it. It's totally fine. Um, well, and the but, song is yeah, charted I in Australia now, right? Like it's actually on the official charts, isn't it? Yes. It's like, which I don't even know how to process. Like it's, yeah, it's chart. Like 
it's cool. <laughs> I mean, you, you did chart in the States a while back when You Should Know was the single, when you were still signed. Yeah, I, yeah, I broke. So that's why I thought I was hoping, because when I was signed, I broke the Hot 100 in my first week. And we actually, because during CRS, which is like, quote unquote, black blackout week, when nobody, because every all the radio reps are at CRS, so they're not doing anything. And they're probably blacked out, period. Yeah, fact. Um, my song and Lady Antebellum were the only two that moved on the chart. So we got an honorable mention on Music Row, which was like incredible. Um, so that was really, really cool. But yeah, my song has not charted since, you know, that. And now it's charting in Australia, which is so cool. <laughs> it's funny how that all works out though. It is, but you know what? It's really, it's all, I look at it. It's all, you know, that six degrees or is it seven degrees to Kevin Bacon? Six degrees, six, I think. I yeah. Six degrees to Kevin Bacon. It's six degrees to Keith Urban. And I'm on a oh. first name basis with Keith Urban. I mean, so there it is. It's like two degrees. Uh, hello, hook a sister up. I mean, I don't have Keith's phone number or anything, but you know, he knows me to see me. I'm sure he would know you to see you at this point. Well, but he would just remember me from American Idol as the girl who ugly cried. I, I feel like you and I together, we need, so you come to Nashville, we will make it our mission to seek out Keith Urban. We have a stealth plan in place that's foolproof and we will get Keith on our side. We know the grocery store he shops at. We, this is true. And this of true. course, I'm not going to say it on the podcast, but I think it's it's pretty obvious. If you just think of Keith and Nicole and just their lifestyle, it should be pretty obvious to at least narrow it down, if not figure it out completely. Well, and what's so crazy is when I went in there, I was like, waiting around because you can get food and kind of like munch on it and whatever hint, hint. and the people yeah and the people who worked there were like oh yeah no he was he's in all the time he was in the other day he was in i'm like really every single time i try to shop for groceries which i cannot afford these groceries <laughs> but it's cool i never think, think about it think about it put two and two together think about it yeah i was and the thing i wasn't going to like stalk him or be i wasn't gonna be like that fan because that's very frowned on in nashville absolutely like you treat every i mean because they're just humans you don't you don't do that it's not la like you don't ask for autographs you don't do this i just wanted to see him in like his natural habitat and i i honestly don't know what i was thinking but i just i was like Maybe if Keith Urban does this, then I can do this and it's not so bad, maybe. But yeah, it's it is. It's okay. <laughs> yeah, that is the rule in Nashville. So if anyone's even thinking about going to Nashville, if you hear this, say hi, big fan, love your music, move on. Don't try and take a selfie. Don't ask no. for an autograph at all. Because they're going out like you have these people who have lived in Nashville for years. They play the bars. They play the scenes like everybody knows them. Only tourists are going to do that. And grocery stores, bars, venues, whatever, they'll kick you out. So like Darius Rucker came in and paid the bar tab for everybody in a bar here in Midtown. And like, so gracious, so kind. But if you come up to Darius and you like want a selfie or whatever, you're like, no, no, no. They're just trying to have a good time. Like this is their home. This is where they live. This is where they played. This is where they grew their roots. This isn't a a time to do that. And like, I know people who've seen Kelsey Ballerini out and they're like, she's just super normal. Like that's how they are. You just, you just don't. And like Casey Musgraves, people don't, I live just like a block or two from Casey Musgraves. She lives just a few blocks. Uh, well, yeah. People who don't know, but you know where I live. Yeah. We, we won't say it. So none of the crazy stalkers show up at your door. Yeah. But like, she just lives a few blocks away from me and she still lives in the same house that she 
bought when she first lived here. I mean, I mean, I think she's selling it now because they were like splitting their assets or whatever, but now they're working it out. I don't know. All I know is she still lives in the same house in XYZ part of Nashville. I mean, she could, I could technically walk to her house if I wanted to. That'd be interesting just to see what happens. Make sure you film it too. I didn't, but I, I'm not going to lie. I did pull it up on Google Earth because I know the people who are selling her home. <laughs> Well, and the thing is, too, with Nashville, especially, I mean, yes, it's a city. And when you think of Nashville, you think of big city and the skyline, the Batman building and everything else. But it is a very actually small, tight knit community where everyone really knows everybody else. They do. Yeah, it's it's surprisingly small. So, I mean, I think that's a good thing, though. No, and that's why, like you said, that it's the tour. Tourists stand out in Nashville because they are the ones that ask for selfies or ask for autographs. Like, just act like you've been there before, which is the golden rule to everything in life. Yes. The only people who wear cowboy hats are the tourists. Like, you know that they're tourists because they're like cowgirl hats, cowgirl boots. I'm like, yeah, no one who lives here does that. Like, if you're wearing cow, like cowboy boots or cowgirl boots, it's because you're wearing work boots. They're steel toe. They're beat to hell. You're not wearing like these cute, you know, uh, you know. You know the type. Oh, yeah. Uh, They're yeah. the ones that, that go to bachelorette parties and go on the pedal taverns. Exactly. Exactly. You're like, well, okay, cool, cool. We and don't get me wrong, we love them. We love the woo girls. We, we do. We make our we make our our business on the woo girls. And heck, get me enough shots. I'm a woo girl. So. You'll join right in after you set. I will. I mean, gracious, my friend. So Sarah, you met Sarah. Yep. We came upon two things that we're going to do in downtown Nashville. One, we have a fake ring and veil, which we're going to trade off and do a bachelorette party. <laughs> fake fake bachelorette party. Because we, we can walk to Broadway from where we live. So it's, why wouldn't you? And then the other one, we're going to go on Rumspringa and we're going to dress up as Amish, which I'm sure that's politically incorrect. But it's also hilarious. We're going to go to Goodwill, get some old phones, go on Broadway in our Amish getup. And she, because her name really is Sarah Elizabeth. So she's going to be Sarah Elizabeth and, and I'm going to be. Mary Sarah could work. Yeah. So I, I well, well, we got it because her name is, is Amish because she grew up in Amish country, Pennsylvania. So, I mean, she really is. So we've got that like out, but then we're just going to go on Room Springer and uh, on Broadway and let the drinks flow. You've convinced us to leave, get excommunicated. Yes. Well, I mean, but on Room Springer, you can go and get wild and then you go back to your family. So that's the whole goal. You got it. You have to have your, your season of wild, wild and out. And so we're going to do that. We're going to get wild and out. And we're working on our buns and our hair and oh, it's going to be lovely, horribly inappropriate, but it's also a way to get free alcohol. <laughs> and again, if you know Nashville, you know, the drinks are not cheap. No, they're really well, but see, the thing is they're, they are cheap because I lived in Philly and I go to Vegas a lot for work. Well, I used to before COVID, but yeah, you go and you get a vodka cranberry and it's $22 versus here. You're like, oh, it's $8. Okay, I can do that. You can at least but buy they're two. Cheap. Yeah, they're they're not cheap. These are facts. You mentioned the Amish country and just Amish people, maybe in a slightly inappropriate way, but you, you did. Horrible. And you know where I lived in State College? It was a pretty big Amish area. Like you go 10 minutes oh, of course, outside of downtown yeah. State College. I mean, it's Amish country. One of the funniest things that ever happened to me in my seven years in State College was we did a live broadcast at a little independently owned country department store in the Amish part of Central PA. 
And I'm standing there doing my thing. And I kid you not, Kendall, I may have told you this at one point in time or another. Uh, a young Amish man pulls up on his horse and buggy. And we all know my frog name was Hopper, which I will never live down for the rest of my life. Okay. But, I kid you, but I kid you not, he yelled from his horse and buggy, Hopper, play some Alan Jackson. I'm like, what What? What just happened? Which Amish aren't technically supposed to listen to music. A- apparently not, but he loved him some Alan Jackson. And I made sure he played some Alan Jackson for that fella. Uh, I'm proud of you. Go, go, you go Hopper. Yeah. Cause when I met you, you were Hopper. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What's so crazy is, so I thought your name was Hopper for like the first hour we were together because I didn't know they were like, okay, you're going to blah, 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 froggy. Here's your contact. It's Hopper. And I was like, okay. I was like, hi, are you Hopper? And you're like, yeah. <laughs> and like hindsight, your disdain for me calling you Hopper made so much more sense. Did I side eye you at the time. Oh, you, you were just like, yeah, I'm Hopper. <laughs> like, it wasn't a bad thing. You were polite, but you were just also like, uh, I'm not Hopper. It's just one of those things. That that's just the way they do business, where if you work at certain froggy stations, you get your frog name. And there, for anyone listening, there is a list. I kid you not, there is a list of pre-approved frogs you can choose from. Hippity hoppity? I had at least one of my coworkers in State College. He called me Hippity Hop, was what he called me instead of Hopper. Hop. What ribbit rib? I remember I had to do liners and I was like, ribbit, ribbit. <laughs> yeah. It's funny because I think most artists understood like the whole froggy shtick, and it very much is a shtick at a lot of these froggy stations. But there's artists that you talk to that they don't really get it or they might not want to get it because. I interviewed Justin Moore. This is going back years ago. Like he was like small town USA had just been released. Like he was still a fairly new artist at the time and he was coming to town. So I interviewed him about the show and I'm like, Hey, so Justin, here's the liners. If you don't mind saying it. So he's like, Hey, it's Justin Moore. And I'm feeling froggy ribbit ribbit. Like it was like the most dry, like what the hell am I doing kind of thing ever. Ribbit ribbit. And we all know Justin Moore. He has a very, very thick Southern drawl. Oh, yeah, he does. So cool fact about Justin Moore. We both opened for Darius Rucker at the same time. It was when Darius first had his, uh, like, his first single. So don't so think I don't think about it. Or, no, not that one. That, that was, that's not even Darius' song. But his, uh, uh, you know, shoot, what was yeah, that? Don't one? think I don't think about it was the, was yes. the. Absolutely. Don't think I don't think about it. It was right before the um, one about his kids came out. So that was he was he was the headliner. So funny enough, Lady Annabellum was his main was the mainstream opener. It was Darius, Lady Annabellum, and then Justin Moore and I were like the two low the nobodies. And Justin was talking about how he got his record deal, and we were taught he great guy. He's compact human, but. <laughs> big voice um and he was telling the story he was talking backstage and we were kind of like i was like yeah you know i'm not i'm just trying to sing make a living he goes trust me he goes so i just got married and my wife on our wedding day so he goes i had been blowing off these creditors for a long time and they were repossessing everything i own and i didn't want to tell my wife because she was planning a wedding he's like i should have i really should have like that was a he goes hindsight bad move But he goes, this guy was coming to repossess my truck. And I was like, oh my God, they literally repossessed his truck while he was getting married. And they, he couldn't, he's like, we don't have a vehicle to get, you know, just married. Nope. (laughs) No way to get back. 
because they repossessed his truck and his manager goes okay you've got this deal this record deal you need to sign here he's like i should read this we should he goes you don't have a vehicle to drive in you sign this deal he goes it doesn't matter what happens you sign it it's big machine obviously was who he signed with but he's like you sign this deal and he did and he's like thank god i did because i was able to go back and get my damn truck back (laughs) yeah take your advance money and get your get your truck back well they don't give advance money now everything's a 360 deal now yeah and again inside baseball what a 360 deal is is that the record label you sign to they get a cut of your not only your music and your publishing obviously but also your touring revenue and your merch revenue it's like an all-inclusive kind of deal and now with like digital streaming and stuff they get that they also get like if you have youtube or instagram or whatever revenue they get that too it is definitely a game to uh, be in the music business. Yeah, there's, we'll just put it this way. So there's a band that used to be very big, signed to one of the biggest labels in the country, which was partially owned by one of the biggest artists in the country. You'll know. And I'm trying to think about this in in my head. I'm drawing a blank, but we could talk about that after we stop recording. They won Gram, they've won Grammy Awards. It's a band. And one of those band members is like has been working at a Starbucks here in Nashville to pay out their debt for the label. I did not know that. Well, and see, that's the thing too. People may think that once you're signed to a deal that it's all rosy and that, you know, you're golden. But what they don't know is that when you go into the studio to record an album, you have to pay all that money back. Well, and not just that. So they decide they want to dress you a certain way. They want to put you in a certain hotel. You have to pay for all of your tour, like your band, your musicians, your bus, your set dressings, your all this, all of that comes out of your pocket and they charge interest on it. Just think of it as a very high interest home loan, which you don't know the price of the house you're buying. You may think you're buying a $500,000 house, but they're like... Gotcha. It's 14 million and you pay interest on that. And when you get your royalties back, they don't, it's not okay. So we pay each other split down the middle until all of it's paid off. No, no, no. You pay them and they still collect a percentage. It's very, it's yeah, it's a lot. Now you don't make any money until you pay it all back basically. Yeah. I mean, the joke was John Mellencamp was the richest poor person you ever met. When I think but don't get me wrong, I would still I would still gladly be a rich poor person. Like I would I would gladly be the poorest person with a number one single. Gladly. Don't get me wrong. I would the platinum if, looks good no matter where you hang it. Yeah. If if a label were to come to me tomorrow and be like, listen, we will offer you a record deal, may not be great. In fact, it'll be horrible. I would still sign on that dotted line, not read it. I mean, I would read it after the fact and cry myself to sleep while holding my seven Grammy awards. But you like, know, it's like, but what have I done? <laughs> right? Well, I think the only way you get out of paying that money back and correct me if I'm wrong, because I've heard this kind of secondhand, but I believe if you get dropped from your label, no. like your debt is kind of free and clear, or at least it was at one point. Oh, oh, heck no. You still have to pay everything back. If you're dropped by your label, you're still liable to pay all the debts back. Which is how you end up working at a Starbucks in Nashville. Yep. You have to tell me who this is off the record because I, for some reason, I cannot place. I probably should, but I can't place it for some reason. You know who they are. They owned a record label, a band. No, no, no. They did. They didn't. They didn't. But we can't talk about that on the record. But do 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 it'll, it'll come to me at some point i'll be like, I'll be like 5 a.m i'll be, text you kendall i know who it is you'll know i'll tell you when we're not recording 
no one's seeing the video of this right now, but if you can see the look on Kendall's face right now, it is the most sly smile I've ever seen her ever crack in the entire time I've known her. I can't believe you don't know this. Like, it's it's a thing. I'll text you. Okay, and Kendall actually has her phone out right now, and I'm sure the look on my face is going to be like, uh, oh, once I realize it. Don't say it aloud, though. Yes, very, very well-known group in Nashville that has had numerous number one hits. Yeah. Which is shocking to me because you think that with all the success this group in question has had, that wouldn't need to be a thing. Nope. Well, I mean, I will say this group, they may have made a few bad decisions later on in their career that didn't pan out the way they may have been hoping to. Well, that was when they were dropped, though. So they got dropped by their... This is a whole side conversation, but it wasn't really to any fault of the band, so to speak, but... Just that they may have signed a bad deal in general. Yes. They signed it. Yeah, they signed a bad deal. So what Kendall is saying is that she at least knows now that when she does get signed, which I still believe it's going to happen, even if it's an Australian label, it is going to happen. But you at least and you are one of the most business savvy people I know in the entire industry. You will know exactly what to look for in any contract. Oh, I help one of my friends. So when I first moved to Nashville, he had signed a label deal and he didn't read it, which you're so excited when you get it, you don't read it. But I read it and I was like, dude, you're so screwed. Like you don't even understand. There's no way you'll ever be able to pay this off. And so like your producers can write in his deal, they could write their own salary. So I'm like, you're literally taking a loan out to pay your producer XYZ dollars. And that's an obscene amount. And he had like, I mean, Dan Huff, Paul Worley, he had Tim McGraw's producer. Like he had some big, big names. I'm like, you can't pay that off. Yeah. Dan Huff does not work for cheap. No. And the thing is like, you look at how these new artists, like, I mean, God rest his soul, Busby. Like he was like the, the, the new Nashville and where they take these artists, they produce them, they get them up, they they cultivate their their uh, connections, and then they help them get to be a, to a platform, and then they're huge. And now they can, you know, get these big dollar tickets. And that's kind of like what the, you know, Dan Huff and Paul Worley and all these other guys used to do. They, they cultivated new talent, and then now they can collect the big tickets. But you go in as a new artist, you can't afford those big ticket producers. You got to find someone, you know, who's who's new to the game. Exactly. That's why Busby for a while until he passed, he worked with Marin Morris when she was a brand new artist and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Carly and Pierce I, and Kelsey Ballerini. Yes. I, I mean, it's, you kind of need that. And that, so I've, I've been working with Austin Moorhead, who's Carly Pierce's, I think he's a band leader. Or he, I know he works with her quite a but bit. Even I know that name. I mean, he's definitely a name you're starting to see on a lot of credits in Nashville yeah. for up and coming artists. Yeah. So he's he's been who I've been working with. He's the one who did Backyard Getaway with me. Like, I mean, I wrote the song, but he produced the song. And so like, and this is the difference between production. And so like the, you hear the Yeah Baby. I wrote Yeah Baby, but I had heard it differently in my head. And he goes, no, 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 we're going to try this. And it was so much better than what I heard in my head. And that's why you need a producer. And he's coming along and he's doing these incredible, incredible things. And I'm like, yeah, Austin Moorhead is incredible. And the fact that I get to work with him is, I'm like, okay, I feel really cool now. Like we're doing this thing. It's like you get to introduce me to Carly, right? Yeah, yeah, maybe. I don't know. She's so pretty. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and the funny thing is too, I mean, the way... Any artist, when they go into the studio, the way it works, like I've heard, obviously, a lot of early demos 
before the, they come into like the final mix and master phase. And what you hear on the demo recording is oftentimes not what comes out as the end result. No. I mean, if I were to play you my back, I mean, my video for my, the first time I wrote Backyard Getaway, I posted an acoustic video online and I, you were the first person I sent Backyard Getaway to. I remember I that. Like, this song is, I was like, what do you think? I think it's awesome, but you would know, like you're in, you're in the scene, you know, and you were like, this song is fire. And I was like, yes. Um, so that was pretty cool. I was, I don't know. It, it's so very different because I hear things that are in my head and I hear them the way that they, I think they're going to sound, but then you get with another person. That's why collaboration is so great. You have to collaborate with different artists, different songwriters, different producers, because some magic may come in another idea. And I mean, I wrote this song while I was driving in a car. Then I got my guitar and I finished it and I wrote it exclusively myself. But the magic came when I paired with Austin. That's kind of that. And now you have a charting hit in Australia. I do. It's so cool. (laughs) And again, it's just too bad COVID became a thing because you could be over there doing a radio tour in Australia, which would be absolutely amazing. That would be so cool. They have this. So one of the zoos, they have this thing called breakfast with the koalas. And the we keep going back to the koalas. I really do. But like, so even with the horrible, so sad Australian fires, they had people who like fostered koalas and they truly needed people to like care for them. And I'm like, that could have been me. I could have been the crazy koala lady that like helps to nurture koalas. But I do, I do wildlife rescue in the States. I could have done it in Australia. Just with far more exotic animals. They eat eucalyptus. How far could it be? But when I did see the koalas at the San Diego Zoo, it, it was really cool because they are awesome little critters. They're precious. They're, They're just hanging out of their tree sleeping. I mean, I'm like, this is pretty cool. That's the life. Did you see the TikTok with the koala bear that was in this person's like Christmas tree? Kendall, I'm 35 years old. Do you think I know anything about TikTok? I barely could get this Zoom call to work. I send you TikToks all the time. And I do look at the ones you send me, but I I don't know anything about them. I live on TikTok. (laughs) I have a lot of people that send me TikTok videos. I'm like, okay, they're like lip syncing or not even really lip syncing, just mouthing lines from movies or whatever. I'm like, "I, I don't understand the point of this. I just don't. Take it back. TikTok is an institution. Maybe they're selling our information to China, but it's an addiction and we should handle it as such. I am addicted to TikTok. I am on TikTok so long that the little TikTok notification says, hey, you've been scrolling too long. Maybe get a sip of water and take a nap. I'm like- so Kind of like Netflix. There are little reminders that pop up. Oh, I hate that. I hate that. I'm like, no Netflix. I haven't gotten my life together in the last- Three hours. Yes, keep keep binge watching. Ugh. Like I'll let you know when I've had enough. Thank you very much. Exactly. Oh, should I hit my? I've got my microphone rigged up for. I've got a um, concert tomorrow on Zoom for a very prevalent company's Christmas party, which is still awesome. I mean, even though you'll be performing from your living room, I'm excited. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I'm very excited. Um, I don't get to play my own music, which is kind of a bummer, but that's okay. Like I'm, I'm nervous, but I probably should get going to go to bed because I have to be up early for a sound check for that, unfortunately. But you know, I'm a night owl. You're a night owl, but yeah, neither one of us sleep. Nope. Tomorrow's gonna be fun though, so it'll all be good. I'm just gonna go, try not to screw it up. 
You'll be fine. But before you go, by all means, share. I, I know all your information, but tell people where they can go find the music and go find you online and all that fun stuff. Uh, yeah, please, please, please don't hesitate. I encourage it. Um, all my socials are Kendall Music. So Instagram, TikTok, um, like everything from my, like even my Venmo is Kendall Music, which I'm like, you know, just make it easy across the board. Um, and then I'm just Kendall Phillips or KendallPhillips.com. You can find me on uh, iTunes, Spotify, Pandora, Amazon, like any any of those things. I'm, I'm on all of it. I'm on TikTok, Instagram. You can, uh, you know, stitch my song into any of your videos. I try to make it as easy as possible. And go stream and or buy Backyard Getaway and I Got a Feeling. Yes, please do. And of course, subscribe to Jeff on The Hunt. Which, right. by the way, can we just establish that I had told you you needed a podcast for how long? A while. See, really quick before I let Kendall go, you have to understand that she is the one person I've known the longest. She is not afraid to get my butt in line. And I love you for this, but you don't sugarcoat anything. You just call it the way you see it. That's the Capricorn in me. And I, so I saw a meme and they were like the Capricorn. It's like, if you're trying to tell your problems to a Capricorn, it's like, press one for my advice, press two to find someone who will sugarcoat it for you because it's not me. And I'm like, that is so me. I am very dry. Like I'm, a, I, I have a big heart, but I'm also just like no BS. And I'm like, what are you doing? obviously that's not working. Do this. Duh. But yeah, I've been telling you for so long, you should do a podcast. And I'm so proud of you for doing that. And it only took me getting laid off because of COVID to make it happen. But here we are. But here we are. It's still a thing. That's the important thing. We, we got exactly. here. Exactly. I'm proud of you. I'm so proud of you. Now, let's take the rest of your advice. We should be fine. Please do. Actually, on the podcast, now that we're recording, can you just, can you confirm in front of all the audience that you're going to just take my advice and we will be either roommates or we'll just be like living it up, tearing up Nashville come May. Hopefully sometime next year. I mean, that would be the goal. But I mean, Kendall, I talked about this before we started recording is that we've decided that we need to be roommates and we need to start our own like reality TV series because it would just be the most debaucherific thing ever. I think I just made that word yes. up, but it would be absolute mayhem. And we would probably, oh, we'd probably have to air it on. <laughs> No, never mind. This is just taking, I was like, the only place that would not censor it would be Pornhub. But I mean, not that we would be up to that kind of nonsense. I mean, not to say like, you know, people wouldn't be in the house, but I'm just saying like YouTube would definitely censor that. Instagram would definitely censor that. Like where would we get away with the stupidity? We could start a Patreon. Yes. We would have to have like a giant, like a, a, it would just, it would be like new girl on steroids. That's all I'm saying. Just yeah, go watch I the video for backyard getaway and you'll, you'll get a hint at what we're talking about. Yeah. You will get the idea, the the stupidity, the drunken fun that happens. And I do think like if you were to move in, we would have to inaugurate it with a game of True American. Like, did you ever see New Girl? Uh, very, very little. Okay, rewatch. You'll understand. Watch for anyone who out there who's listening. Watch True American. Like that would be the inauguration to his moving in would be True American Game. So, so. YouTube New Girl True American. Just search for it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. as Kendall takes a sip of it wine. Set, I know it would set the standard. So yeah. So I used to drink wine out of glasses and I was like semi fancy. Then during COVID seriously COVID, I would just drink wine from a straw. <laughs> 
now I have like other guests here and I try not to seem like such. You have your Tumblr. So, so we're doing all right. Yeah. I have a Tumblr, so I can't spill. So (laughs) I believe it is bedtime for Kendall right now. So it is. Well, yeah, I just, I have to go get ready. I have to take a shower, do my hair so that I look decent in the morning for this interview. It's not an interview. It's a, it's a concert. This is how I know the wines kicked in. I said interview and not concert. God bless again. Jeff and I would be great roommates. All right. Well, again, thank you to Kendall for joining me. I really forget it's in in an interview when I talk to Kendall like this, because you see, we just go on and on for like an hour. We talk about anything and everything. Oh, like, I truly think we could have a bomb reality TV show. That might be our avenue. It might be. You should just come down here and you could be my manager. You know enough people in the city. It would be fire. And then... You know, next thing leads to another. We're number one on the VH1 reality TV, you know, TV series or CMT year. Is VH1 even still a Whatever. thing? I honestly don't know. I ha- I'm too poor to afford cable TV. <laughs> All <laughs> right, Kendall, get some sleep and I'm sure we will talk very, very soon. Of course, I'm going to text you when this is done. <laughs> All right. Love you. Bye. And in case you're wondering, yes, Kendall did indeed text me after we wrapped up recording the podcast. On that note, from my family to yours, please have a very, very Merry Christmas. And we'll chat again right before 2020 is finally out of here for good. Be safe, take care of yourselves, and most importantly, have a very Merry Christmas. Feedback is always welcome. Drop a comment and remember to subscribe so you get new episodes first. You have been listening to Jeff on the Hunt with Jeff Hunt.